0: this morning my son who's moved back his family and they've joined the church that's a blessing to Judy and I but uh, they're staying with us where their house is being built and so Michael cooked me breakfast this morning he made a perfect omelet ham and cheddar cheese and it looks so grand and he goes just for you dad and then I broke his heart because I put ketchup all over the top of it how could you do this? <laughs> Today's Father's Day. It's the day, you know, It, if, your fathers, if you think it's just about you, uh-uh. Okay? It's about having those little ones of your family be able to look at you and want to point to you. And you need to be there to be pointed to. Amen? Um, I'll give you how the way my family works. I got a phone call. We had a... Um, Merged phone call from my oldest son AJ and then my daughter Heather, and in the background I got cards from them and stuff, and also Mike sitting there. And they were beginning, they were telling you, saying things that pointed to um, their childhood, and I told them to stop that. Because I got a card from Michael, also, Mike and Carla, my daughter in law, said, We've got quite a few people not here this morning. Many are out sick. The Aukmootis are traveling because they're doing a graduation uh, trip. For Brianna, who graduated, but she's homeschooled, so they've done a special thing for her. They're they're down in Pennsylvania. Others aren't here because of sickness. We've got parts of families and parts missing and things like that, but we're glad you're here. And if the other ones are listening online, your seat is empty and you are missed. Amen? But uh, I get a card here, and it looks like, you know, three doctors. It says, some psychologists say a dad can be one of the most important elements in the formation of a child's character. In other words, I'm mostly your fault. Now you know why I tell you that I am a keeper of odd knowledge, a kook. My children did it to me. Amen. I'll make my prayer. We'll go into the message. Heavenly Father, again, we just thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Father, that no matter what, no matter what happened in this world, Father, there may be people here that didn't have a a really good, loving, godly Father. Father, they can know today, if they don't know, they can know today that there is a Father in Heaven who loves them, desires them to be with Him, Father, if they're willing to come to Him. Father, for those who are fathers here this morning, I pray, Father, that we can learn from the message this morning what the Father's house should be like. And we ask, Father, that you would just bless the message. You take control of my mind and my mouth, the actions of my hands and feet. I ask for a fresh unction from on high, and I ask that your Holy Spirit have his will and his way in each and every heart that's here. If there's someone here without Christ, we pray today it could be the day of salvation for them. Work as only you can, and we'll give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Open your Bibles to John 14. I mentioned with Howard over in the other building, you know, I was mentioning a, some of the formation of my outline and stuff. and Howard goes, "You preach that, pastor?" And I go, "No, I haven't." And then he goes, "Oh, wait a minute, I preach that <laughs> in the nursing room. Not the same message, but uh, from this text. So in John chapter 14, in John chapter 14, Jesus is speaking, and he says, "Let not your heart be troubled. you believe in God, believe also in me." In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, i go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. said, Happy Father's Day. If any of you don't know where to put your candy bar, let me know. I'll store it for you for a day or two. I don't know if it was one or two, but I think I'm getting blamed for something that maybe Pastor Kenny wants to push off onto me. I don't know. Just has, he just has, believe it or not, he has more self-discipline. And they were sitting there, and I don't know, you, I'm old enough, so some of you may not get this, but I started hearing the Canadian love song. Exactly. Okay. So happy Father's Day. You know, I, I, in my position as a pastor, you know, okay, and I'm a pastor, I'm a minister, I'm a servant who counsels. There are many pastors who don't. Okay? They pastor a church, they preach, and they teach, but they don't spend a lot of time counseling. And one of the things as a counseling pastor, I see over and over again the need for godly fathers. The need for godly fathers. Fathers who are surrendered to God, they're surrendered to the, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, And I end up dealing with the pain that's caused by men who don't follow God's Word and don't lead in their homes. You look at the vision in this country, the way it is right now, the inner cities, the mamas are still in those homes, but you know who's not? The Father. The Father. And the world may try to to say that there's really no need for us, it doesn't take a village to raise a child, no matter what Hillary Clinton tried to say. It takes a mom and a dad who love the Lord and who love their children. I grew up in a home. I'm one of eight kids. Every one of us thought we were special. Some of the world thought we were a bunch of special kids. <laughs> Every one of us thought we were special. and We'd have arguments on who's the favorite. and of course, I'd always tell them I'm the favorite. And, uh, you know, just the way it works with my father and my mother, I was their favorite, you know, and I'd tell my sisters that. And I had one sister, I'd tell you, my sister Debbie, we'd get all upset. She'd get angry. No, you are not. Mom didn't play favorites. And I said, she just made you feel that way because she didn't want to hurt your feelings. I'm the favorite. And my sister Kathy, just a year older than me, and my sister Libby said, that's because Mom always had a place in her heart for special needs people. And that's <laughs> the way that worked, okay? So, but we need... Men who are willing to be fathers. Anybody can make babies, or almost anybody can make babies. But not everybody is a dad. Not everybody is a good father. And this morning, we're going to look at what the Bible shows us in in part, because if I looked at every place dealing with how my father's house is, we'd be here, this would be a a 10-part, 20-part series. But we're going to look at some of what the word the the Word of God teaches us, and what Jesus shows us, what's significant about what Jesus said about his father's house, his father's house. And the first thing I want you to see, okay, in John chapter 14 and verse 1, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You want know, what do I know about my father's house? It's the place to go if you have a troubled heart. If you're here this morning and things are weighing down in your life and you don't feel loved as you ought to, and you don't think there's anybody who cares for you, you don't think there's anybody who understands what's going on in your life and in your heart, Jesus said, we, the Word of God says, We have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. That's in the Father's house. He knows. One of my favorite songs in the hymn book is "Does Jesus Care?" And the answer is He does, because He is part of the Father's house. First John four, verse seven. I think I've got the right place. I think I'm quoting it says, "For there are three that bear record in heaven." First John five seven. If you have the right Bible, for there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And these three are one. They're one. When the disciples asked Jesus, show us the Father, and Jesus said, Have I been so long time with you that you have not seen me? If you've seen the Savior you've seen the Father same in power same in essence same in abilities see he says here let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me I was listening as I was driving over this morning that was one of the congressional Um, delegates who serving in Congress, they couldn't see what from state he was. And he says one of the problems of the polarization of America is because of the way gerrymandering, and you don't know what that is, ask Pastor Kenny after the service, the way they've manipulated it so there's very little turnover if it's a blue area, you know, the liberal-democrat area. They set up the districting and such so that they almost always get elected if they don't get arrested. Same way on the other side, In other areas, they have it set up so that it's very hard to put somebody out who's an incumbent because they've set up the districts so it happens that way. So it's hard to get get rid of rhino-rhinos or anything else you want there. But I want you to understand something. And so they say the country is being divided up. And there's such schism because you can't bring people together. Well, I'm this, and of course you are wrong. And the other one says, well, I'm this, and of course you are wrong. And I want to tell them, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we're living a day and age, you know, it says just before the Savior returns that men's hearts will be, what, failing them for fear. For fear. Troubled hearts, troubled homes, troubled marriages, troubled adults, troubled children. A troubling government. A world that seems turned upside down. That's because the God of this world is not trying to bring people together. He's trying to send them to hell. See, so it says, if you have a heart that's troubled, I'm going to tell you about the Father's house. He says, if you believe in God, believe also in me. And he says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am ye may be also. I want you to think about this. Look at Romans chapter 14. Get your fingers warmed up because we're going to different places. Romans 14. I want you to know that you know the Father's house, if it's a place you want to get rid of your troubles, you know what it needs to be? It needs to be a place of peace. Are you listening to me fathers? Your home needs to be a place of peace. And without proper servant leadership, it's a place of confusion. A place of peace. Romans chapter 14 verse 17 says, "For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and what? And joy in the holy ghost." For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may what? Edify one another. You know what it comes down to? In the Father's house, it's not about each of us, it's about Him. In your home, Father, it can't be about you. It needs to be about him. If it's not, you're going to live through your life like a little boy, unhappy because you can't get all the toys you want. You can't buy the playthings, and you've got to have more money. And so, to be able to do that, you've got to spend more time away from the house. And it's supposed to be the father's house. You with me? It's a place of peace. In John 14, if you'll turn back to our chapter, verse 27, Jesus says, My peace I leave with you. Wouldn't that be neat if when the father had to leave to go to work, he leaves the place, how? In peace? I give you a simple way to do that. Threaten the little buggers that they better pay attention to their mother. Or when you come back, because the father always returns... They're going to answer. Amen? My peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Doesn't that sound like the opening verse? Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. See, the Father's house is a place of peace. Psalm 119 and verse 165 says, Great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. When I look at this and I think of the Father's house, when we could turn back in the Old Testament, I could take to the passage when it talks about that the, the law, the word of God. Okay, it's supposed to be written on the doorposts. You enter in, you enter out, it's there for you. Anybody who comes in understands that great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Because in that passage, it's the passage that says they're supposed to love the Lord thy God, and then you're supposed to teach your children. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he'll not depart from it. Many a times they pull away, but you know what they do? They come back because the Father's house is a place of peace. And in this world, Jesus says you may not find peace, but you ought to find it in the Father's house. And if you're saved and you're a man and you have children, that's what your home ought to be like. Amen? A place of peace, not a place of turmoil. Look at John 16 and verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have what? In the world ye shall have... It comes to everybody, doesn't it? But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The Father's house. Just a little bit more. You hear this passage so much because we need to get our eyes and our hearts and our minds on the right things. Philippians chapter... Strong meat belongeth to them who are full age, having their senses what? Actually there. It's a full use situation. I want you to hear it because you need to understand it. You can memorize the Word of God in your head, but if you don't apply it personally to your heart, it will cause no difference. Philippians 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. That's not having a troubled heart. See, don't be full of care. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Oh, you mean in the Father's house, the Father listens? That's a unique idea, isn't it? The Father listens. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You bring it to the Father, the Father listens, He gives you His peace. That's what you find in the Father's house. Many of you did not have this growing up. There's times I didn't have it growing up. It doesn't make any difference. You can have it at any time. You're willing to let your house be the Father's house. Amen? And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, should keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren. And he wants the last thing he wants you to think on in this passage is not the things that have your filled your heart with care in worry and trouble. It's finally, brethren, what's sort where of things are true, what's sort where of things are honest, what's sort where of things are just, what's sort where of things are pure, what's sort where of things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me do, and what? The God of peace shall be with you. It's a place of peace. Secondly, I want you to know that the Father's house, so it ought to be my house, is a place of prayer. A place of prayer. Look at Matthew 21. We're coming back to John 14, so you need to put a marker there. We're going to come back and forth there. Matthew 21. Verse 12. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the, and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the what? Money changing becomes a problem in homes. And the seats of them that sold doves. And said unto them, it is written, My house shall be called the house of... But ye have made it a den of thieves. (laughs) Do you know in heaven there's going to be continual prayer 24 hours a day for eternity? I mean when those guys are throwing their crowns down before the throne and they're saying glory, glory, glory and holy, holy, holy. We sang holy, holy, holy. You know what that's about? That's giving glory to Him. Don't you know your prayer ought to start with giving glory to Him? Jesus said, didn't say pray these words. I got saved out of a church that said you need to pray these words and they think it's something special. He's saying pray after this manner. Our Father which art in heaven Hallowed be thy name. Giving glory to him. It's a place of prayer. You don't want to make it a den of thieves. A den of thieves. Go to John chapter 2. You say, how is money changing in our houses? John chapter 2. Look at verse 13. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple. And the temple was supposed to be what? The house of God. in the holy of holies and the holiest of all, God was supposed to be found there, wasn't he? And found in the temple those that sold auction and sheep and doves and changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple "...and the sheep and the oxen, and poured out the changers' money, and overthrew the tables, and said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise." You know what things happen today? Is the world worse than it was? Yes. But you know what the problem is? The believers' homes aren't as bad as what the world's homes are, but we're following that direction. It's become a house of merchandise. You say, what do I mean? Everything's based on what you have. It's the gimmies, Right? I still, I am a people watcher. And it's hard for me that I don't get arrested. Because when I watch children, and it's not their fault because they've been trained that way, that say, I want, I need, you've got to give it to me. I watched the child reach up and slap their mother's face because she wasn't paying attention, and the father laughed. Because the child wanted a stuffed toy and was going to grab it, and she said no. And the father laughed. I didn't want to spank the child or give the child a timeout. I've got to use the right words. This does go out of broadcast. I'm in trouble already. But I wanted to give the Father a time out. Just for about 20, 30 minutes. Because that ought not to be. And you say, well, if you're spending more time out of your home. Now, the Bible says, He that provideth not for his own is denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. I understand the country you live in, I do. I understand the way the world has gone. I understand things are so much more expensive. But you know what? When those kids are 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, and 30, they won't care about as much as if you gave them the best sneakers that they had or they had a brand new bike. It was if you were able to look at them when they were hurting and they could come to you and talk to you about what they had to deal with in the world. It won't be about the merchandise. It won't be about the things. In the Father's house, it's never about the things. Pastor Kinney, I think, mentioned last week the idea. And he was talking to Job and he got off a little bit and he started going on. And he went to Revelation. He says, you know, the things, he's talking about the things that the world makes so valuable today. They pave the streets with. They just throw that junk into the walls. Never think about that. And we want the accumulation of things. And it's hard because uh, I have things. I had to build a pole barn. And my wife reminded me of the passage of the man who had to build bigger barns. Because I told her, I, I need a tractor. I need something I can't shovel anymore. So I need a tractor. I need a, a big one because I'm big and I don't fit on a little one. So I had to get a bigger tractor. and I wanted diesel. And it has a bucket on the front and I can put a backhoe on it. Gotta have a backhoe, because you know, I, you let me get all this land and I gotta take care of the land. And it has a snowblower that goes on the front. A big one. Three passes and my driveway's done. And she goes, Well, now you got your tractor, and she says, But now I need a barn so that my tractor doesn't rust when it's outside. It's gotta be inside. I only bring it out. And I don't have to. So I understand. All right? I understand. So I want you to know when I preach to you, you know what I'm doing? I'm preaching to myself also. Michael moved home and he says, I need a father who has a tractor that blows snow. (laughs) You don't want to make it about the things you think they got to have. How many of you... A little bit older, never had a cell phone when you were young. Raise your hands. You made it to here? Kids, look around. They made it to here. They didn't have to have one. I need. Don't let it be about merchandise. You know what they need? They need to be able to talk to you and less to their friends because foolishness is bound in the heart of a child and they get bad advice from people their own age. And you ought to be a person, father or mother, that gives them good advice that will protect them and prepare them to deal with the world that wants to take advantage of them. Kids, you talk to your parents, you know what they'll say? Don't put pictures on TikTok. keep your face out of facebook if you're a parent that spends all your time on facebook you need to come to the father's house there's no need for facebook there because he has a presence with you but that's another point it's a place of prayer and not of merchandise 1st timothy 6:10 you ready that's a verse i teach people how to get out of trouble with their finances i do they come in and I, t- I show them how to get their debt paid off. and how they, First they have to stop spending what they don't have. But we t- learn how we start putting biblical principles in their finances. In 1 Timothy 6.10 is a foundation verse if you want to not have problems in your life. And it says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Not, as some Bibles say, a root of all kinds of evil. No, it says it is the root of all evil. Because what, what do you hear all the time? Money is power. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Do you ever ever look in the papers You see whose kids are all messed up? I read about five or six, seven different news feeds. I try to read some from the liberal left, some from the extreme right, and some in the middle. Try to get a balance. Many times I like reading stuff from BBC or something like that because they have a different view of us. Because they're not here. I don't say I agree with all of them, and then I put it in light of God's word. But you know what? You will see. You see all these stories, and these kids see their heroes, and they see these these rich people who are getting their ten seconds of fame. And you know what happens? Those people have chased the merchandise and the fame so much, their kids are a mess. High suicide rates. High addiction rates no idea what it means to be truly loved and cared for and they never were taken to their father's house they have not, no idea because you know what it says in the last days there'll be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god there'll be a godless generation they, there's a generation that does not know god and you're seeing it right now they need to come to the father's house the father's house And your house ought to be a place that when they come into it, they see the Father's house. Still with me? Not going to share your candy bar with me, are you? Back in our text, John 14. Not only is the Father's house a place of peace, and you ought to endeavor to have your home be a place of peace, not only is the Father's house a place of prayer, and you ought to endeavor to have your house be a place of prayer. If your children don't see you praying, men, you're backslidden. Amen? If you don't pray with your children, men, you're backslidden. They need to see the Father's house. And if that offends you, take it up with God. Take it up with Him. His place is a place of prayer. I see so many people today, they're afraid to pray. They don't know how to pray. You know why? Because they didn't grow up hearing their father and their mothers praying for them and with them. The Father's house is next. In John 14, it says, In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare what? So it's a place of peace, it's a place of prayer, it's a place prepared. A place prepared, I think that's neat. Turn to Revelation chapter 21. A place prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. It's a prepared place. The New Jerusalem is prepared. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. A prepared place. It's not happenstance. We knew that just a couple weeks ago that Mike and Carla and Derek and Sammy were moving in with us while the house is being worked on. We also knew that Mike or Carla's. A mom and dad, Walter and Karen, they visited the church here, they're in Massachusetts now. They were going to be staying with us for a little while. You know what had to happen at our house? We had to prepare for them. So that when they came, they felt what? Not just welcome. At home. Doesn't home... mean something to you when I hear home I think of the laughter of children the barking of dogs the squealing of a cat I think of the smells of the kitchen I think of the word daddy home The song's written it says the house is not a home unless love is there. You know who starts the love? The father. you many men, oh, it's my wife. No. You set the temperature. She's a thermostat to tell you what the temperature is. If you think it's a little cold in the home, turn up the love. Bring the heat up a little bit more. Don't you like it when you come into home and you feel warm and you don't feel cold? And I don't mean necessarily physical temperature. I mean emotional relationship temperature. It's a place prepared. Jesus said in John ten and verse nine, He says, "I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture." Don't you want you to know that's a prepared place? You know what it's for? It's for a prepared people. Not anybody can go to the Father's house. They have to be of the Father's family. It's a prepared place. I go to prepare a place for you. It's for a prepared people. Do you know hell is a prepared place too? I can't talk about heaven if I'm not willing to talk about Hell, and I should never talk about Hell if I'm not willing to teach them about heaven. Amen? Turn to Second Peter, Chapter two. See, Hell is a prepared place. I mean, yes, yeah, Second Peter, I can read my own writing. Before we go there, before we get to Second Peter, I want to quote to you or read to you Matthew chapter 25 and verse 11. And it says, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed. See, they're prepared. Into everlasting fire. Prepared for the devil and his. It's a prepared place. It wasn't prepared for mankind, but mankind ends up there because they prepare to go there. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. You know, the government you have is ordained of God. It's the government you deserve. That tells me how bad the state of America is. But these as natural beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, Balaam the son of Besor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumbass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried away with the tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. They're prepared to go there. At different times, when I worked at hammer and mill paper companies, electrician, I'm on the night shift, and I try to I'd do my job and I'd have my New Testament. I'd always had TNT. And I'd be given a track, I'd have my New Testament, I'd be doing the job, and I try to witness the, to somebody. And I was witness to this young man. He was a he was called the Hydropulper Helper. If you don't know what that is, ask my electrical engineer, Richard Duda, sitting over here. He was a helper and I had, had to get on, I had to do a repair, and I had to wait to check as they were running to make things sure things were working right. And I started witnessing to this young man. And he was under conviction. And he was close to coming to Jesus. Now, he did later, but not that night. You know why? Because the minute I had to go out and make sure that the sequence was proper for the motor controls and everything that, with, that ran that equipment, the hydropulper operator, who was a licentious man, who lived for the world, who was unfaithful to his wife, who had children... That weren't even in his home said, What do you listen to that crap for? He's a holy roller. And then he proceeded to call the woman. He was with my old lady, the old bad lax. He says, You don't ever have to worry about that. Why do you think I work so many hours? I don't want to be in a home with that brat, that, wife, that woman, and those kids. And he was trying to undo everything that I had said to the man. You know what he was doing? He was trying to make the man I was witnessing to a twofold more child of hell than he was. Now that young man later got saved. Because he got put on a different with a different operator. I was able to witness him again. I see him now and again. Says, thank you. The man who said those things to him is without a family and sick. And hell awaits him. See, because hell is a a place prepared for those who won't come to Jesus. They won't come to the Father's house. It's a place prepared. You know, the Father's house is also, look at John 14, John fourteen. I struggle sometimes with with alliterations. And <laughs> I go and I'll ask Pastor Kenny all the time, give me a, a, a word for this, so I can put it in my my outline, you know. And so you notice this morning what is the outline having in it? Peace, right? It's a place of peace. It's a place of prayer. It's a place prepared. Well, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'd go to prepare a place for you. It's a place prodigious. You know what that means? Big, expansive, specially designed. I'm I'm sitting there and I says, CJ's going to be too busy. Mike, Judy, can you give me a, a... A P for a big place? And Michael goes, got it, Dad. How about prodigious? He said, I was thinking of that, but I wanted to check the the thesaurus so I'd know that we had the, the word be right. Okay? And so that's why it's prodigious. And I come over and I tell Pastor Caleb about that. And I says, you know I'm a dinosaur, right? And I'm a dinosaur who doesn't know how to use a Thesaurus. Brontosaurus. Stegosaurus. Is, okay. Now you got it. Aren't you glad I don't make my living as a comedian? Yes. A prodigious place. You know what that means? It's big enough for all who will come. Jesus says, all who come unto me I will in no wise What? cast out. It's big enough. My father's house is big enough. I grew up in a home. My mother and my father fed people all the time. We lived in a neighborhood. We weren't, you know, I had some, we weren't upper middle class. My father was a supervisor. He had a bunch of men worked on me for General Electric. The place was not even open in Syracuse anymore. You, at one point, they employed, employed over 50,000 people in Syracuse. And He wasn't a foreman. He was above the foreman. He was supervisor and stuff. And he earned good living. And my mother would feed kids in the neighborhood all the time. I can remember the neighbor across the street. uh, One neighbor, because the guy was beating on his wife, came over and the man was a good friend of mine, a good friend of my family, Louis Cyrus, like another father to me. And the guy was beating on his wife and he says, don't do that. And the guy says, what are you going to do about it? And he knocked him right out. And he said, when he wakes up, tell him don't hit you anymore. That's the neighborhood around my house. There was six or seven families that lived on welfare down around the corner. And they were on welfare because the father half the time wasn't there and the mother really didn't pay attention. Alcohol was a problem. So we fed, and kids were always in my father's house. And nobody was turned away. I've told you before, when my mother had her 80th birthday party... It was over 200 people came to that birthday party because they all called their mom. My dad had already passed. That's an accepting place. Accepting place. We've seen people saved because some of you had a home that was accepting when someone didn't have their father's house. Amen? Amen? You may think oh my home was a mess and then you wonder why these kids want to come stay with you because you don't know what the world is like out there that's why there's got to be rahab's refuge that's why there's got to be these other ministries it's big enough for all who come all who come many mansions isn't that amazing Jesus in Matthew chapter eleven, verses twenty-eight through thirty, said, "What? Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You're welcome. You can find rest there. I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. You know what that also? I won't give you the last verse." But it tells you that it's much, his burden is light. So your burden can be lifted when you come to him. Come unto me. You say, why is that important? We minister to hurting people here. We do. And so many times, you go to talk to them about Their father, and that's not necessarily a good remembrance all the time. And I don't need to go to turn there to read it because I've quoted it so many times. And Psalm 27 and verse 10 says, When my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. The Father's house is big enough for all who come. The most important thing about the Father's house back in John 14. See, it's a place of peace. It's a place of prayer. It's a place prepared. It's a place prodigious. There's always room. There's always room. In some houses, when people are reaching out to people, sometimes they're sleeping on a couch. Sometimes they're sleeping on a blown-up mattress, but they're not out in the elements. There's always room. Always room. The last one in John 14 and verse 3, he says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. It's a place of presence. Your Father, your Savior, your Comforter, the Holy Ghost, is always present there. Always present there. Can you imagine like that'll be one day? Always with the Father. Always with Jesus? Having full understanding because you're always with the Holy Spirit of knowledge? Always with the Son? It's a place of presence. I looked at the practical application you know so many times the Father has to leave because He needs to go to prepare so that the place can be ready. But He says, I will come again. Hmm? I will come again and receive you unto Myself. Fathers, are you present in your home? I didn't say, are you in the building. I said, are you present in the home? Are you always with them? Do they know that's a place where they can come? and be gathered up in the Father's arms? And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people. And God Himself shall be with them, and be their God. Most importantly, The Father's house is a place of presence. If it's supposed to be a home with a saved father, every point that Jesus gives us ought to be what we strive for with our homes. We can learn a lot from the Father's house. Please stand. I want to make you smile. How many of you ever seen Pastor Kenny wearing a bow tie before? Ever before? Have you ever seen him wear a bow tie before? Okay. The church. Not very often, right? Okay. You know why he's wearing a bow tie? Because he's a daddy. No, because he's a daddy. Now, it's because he's married, okay, but it's because he's a daddy. Because if we brought little Uriah in here, Uriah is dressed up and he has on his his dress pants and his dress vest and his dress shirt and and a blue bow tie. Okay? So Melanie looked at Pastor Caleb. It's Father's Day. He's wearing a bow tie. Couldn't you wear a bow tie? Remember I told you Father's Day is not about you. (laughs) Amen. We need to remember our houses need to be a place of peace. If yours isn't, come to the Father's house. Our houses need to be a place of prayer. If they aren't, come to the Father's house. Our houses need to be, and you can't get away from it, a place prepared. When a place is prepared, there always seems to be acceptance when you come. It needs to be big enough that all could be welcome. A prodigious place. And it needs to be a place where the father's present. We're going to be with ours for all eternity. If you didn't have a good dad and it's too late to have anything changed, because you know what? No matter what you are right now, and maybe your kids are older, you can life can be changed. They'll see that difference and want to come to the father's house. But if they can't, and they can't if your father wasn't like that, there's a heavenly father who says, Come to my house. Because I love you with an everlasting love. In loving arms I have drawn thee. If you don't prepare to go there and you reject the Father's house, he says, depart ye into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. God speaking to your heart this morning. Maybe you're a young man and you don't have a home yet. Are you willing to commit to God to make sure that if the Lord tarries your house will be like the Father's house? If you are married and maybe your home hasn't been like the Father's house, maybe you need to come here and say, Lord, help me. Change me. Let them see you in me so that I can help them, as Jesus said, to overcome the world. God speaking to your heart this morning. You come to the altar, and you talk to the Savior about his Father's house.